I am going to spoil the fuck out of yeah. this for you. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you what happens in all of this. And I really wish you could have seen it because it was really good. And I'm not going to do a good. I'm not going to service this film at all by explaining it. C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A-T. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is Cage Fight! Hello everybody, welcome. We are back. It's Cage Fight time. That's right. What time is it? Cage Fight. Stop collaborating, listen. We're here. My name is Gregory Aikman and I am here, as always, with... Thomas Beeman, who is also here and ready to fight some cages because that's what this podcast is about we analyze the combat capability of most cage designs now on our last episode we talked very deeply about the diamond pattern uh but this one that you see most often in most cages and uh we put forth the notion that it's quite frail actually but but this this time we're we're instead going to um, fight a cage largely made of uh, chicken wire, which is a altogether a weaker cage. However, it's alarmingly strong because you go to punch it and your hand goes straight through it. But the chicken wire itself delves itself into your skin, mm. ripping all of the essentially it de-sleeves your entire arm if you're not mm-hmm. careful. Yep, it will. It's quite dangerous. It can nick you. If you put your arm <laughs> through the cage. Uh, okay, well... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, there we go. But we... what do we do here? What do we do? When we're not literally uh, battling the concept of containers made of wire, what are we up to, Tom? Well, typically, we are up to Nicolas Cage movies. We, we are watching them movies, and we are each uh, comparing the movies against each other mm-hmm. to see... What what's the real what's the one that cannot be contained or caged? This is exactly what we're doing. And along the way, we're trying to usurp every other cage podcast and make friends with the man himself, mm. make a theatre show for him, uh we'll probably write a movie for him at some point. Yeah. yeah. Like we're trying to do all of these things. Trying to get on the front cover of every film magazine in the on the planet. Uh, just sort of like discussing how we are the world leading Cage podcasters. We are the self-proclaimed leaders of all Nicolas Cage uh, podcasts. I have written to about 20 different film magazines in the last couple of weeks, just trying to uh, get them to put us on their front cover. So far, Tom, not one has responded. That is shocking. Exactly. You may be able to hear in the background thunder and lightning, which is a sort of prophetic fallacy Mm -hmm of the anger and aggression brought on because of these yeah. film magazines ignoring yeah, us. Yeah, so just far. like in Macbeth, God is angry because things it are not just playing like out Macbeth. like they should. Exactly, and we don't want God to be angry. And that is why we've decided to watch two films. Uh, what film did you watch? I watched Pig. What did you watch? I watched Mandy. What would you like to start with? Well, whoa, what would you like to do? Would you like to do some some aggressive Lynchian nightmare dystopia yes. silliness? Yes, okay. I would. <laughs> I would like to hear about this film. Mandy. Mandy, short version, really, really silly and brilliant. Mandy is, is at its core, 
it is a murder revenge film. It's split in it's split into three parts, but those three parts are split into two parts. The first half is a slow, meandering sort of thought piece showing Nicolas Cage and his partner in this beautiful, loving, dream-like uh, world with all hues of red and purple everywhere in this very sort of like sort of psychedelic acid trip David Lynch sort of feel it feels a bit like if stranger things was written by a very very moody teenager and then a cult leader who's very sort of like charles manson-esque sees the girl decides he wants her kidnaps cajun the girl tries to get the girl to like have sex with him she just laughs and refuses to so he burns her alive in front of cage cage go goes mental and goes on a murder revenge rampage along the way we meet some sort of weird bikers who are kind of like cenobites from hellraiser <laughs> uh, so cage makes short short work of those and kills them and just goes around there's a chainsaw fight in a mm. area which looks like it's raining blood on two mental people and it ends with cage having destroyed all of them but being fundamentally changed and un unable yeah. to return to his previous life it's kind of if you want to be grown up about it it's kind of a metaphor for grief the whole thing yeah and how grief can change you and no matter how much you fight against it it will it will stay with you but in a much more fun way it's a it, it it's a love letter to heavy metal and to uh, aggression and it's a love letter to all of cinema because like uh david lynch hal razor uh charles manson films like death wish and every charles bronson film and like tv shows like stranger things and stuff like that all of these are clear influences they they either influenced this film or this film has in turn influenced them the whole thing looks beautiful from start to finish that's the basic brief story it opens with the most wonderful sort of like metal quote which just comes up on screen saying when i die bury me deep keeps two speakers at my feet wrap some headphones around my head and rock and roll me when i'm dead oh wow that is excellent that's quite elegant it is it's it's a really really quick easy cool way to um set the tone mm. and that the whole film is just it's edge of your seat stuff i i couldn't take my eyes off the screen like the first the first like hour roughly is um very slow but it's beautiful nick cage is like a logger and his girlfriend's an artist they live on this off-grid kind of way and they just speak to each other gently and very slowly and it it's it's just like a 70s horror film like from start to finish and then when the cult come into it they're all just it's it's crazy it it's a crazy it's a crazy mental romp yeah. it's a great ride we get it's never entirely clear to me anyway whether the um ghost riders essentially the <laughs> uh, what are, what do they call them the black skulls these like uh, yeah. this motorcycle gang who do a lot of kidnap and killing for the cult it's never entirely sure if, if they're just humans who have taken a lot of drugs or if they are some sort of demon or something because mm. even though they advertise them as humans who have just taken like super mental strong acid occasionally you get to see their faces and i don't know if there's any drugs which make skin melty oh it in, in a hallucinogenic way, yeah, definitely. Like, I don't know whether it's supposed to be hallucinogenic. Oh, actually, there is a form of heroin that will melt your skin. 
It's called Russian. Oh, maybe that's what I, 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 I believe it's heroin, but it's called Russian mm. black tar or something like that. And it oh, can, sweet. Well, they're um, probably on that. It will fuck you up so bad that it will leave your skin necrotic and it'll start to like peel and fall off. Oh, shit. Oh, well, they're probably just humans who've got all of that stuff inside. Hell yeah. Because it, it, and like they're, they're wearing like biker clothes, but with tons of nails poking through them mm-hmm. and that. And the whole thing. Just, just some rad ass shit. It, it, I think the best, that's it. The best word to describe it is the film's just rad. It's cool. just from start to finish, it's excellent. I mean, it's a bit upsetting. Nicolas Cage does have to see his girlfriend get burnt alive in yeah. front of him while he's like tied up with barbed wire. But the man gets out of it and he cages in the best possible way because the first half of the film, he's very quiet, gentle, mm. slow cage. In the second half, he's going full on cage. Ooh. But it's constantly sort of appropriate it's tonally appropriate right. to the whole thing and the whole film has this sort of it's a linear film but it's got a sort of non-linear logic it 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 flows it which is possibly the most pretentious thing i will ever say on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense while you're watching it but it's it like i'm struggling to put into words because it mm. It's got the logic of a nightmare where while you're involved, while you allow yourself to fall into it, it's like, yep, this happens, which leads to this, which leads to this, which leads to this. But it doesn't particularly care about how people get from A to B. It never cares to tell you, like, this is stylistic as shit and just to look cool, this bit is hallucinogenics and this is the world in which they they live in. It never explains which bit is which and it jumps between all of these things constantly and like the whole movie is split into three different sections with very distinct title screens that come up in, in sort of like metal album fonts Ooh. and that. It's, it's a magnificent movie. <laughs> it's magnificent. So it sounds like it's a bit of like taken combined with like house on the end of the street like type of vibes and stuff yeah if you if you take the attitude if you get the attitude of taken but turn it into a comic book take all of the light out of it and drown it in red Mm. yeah it's like all of the you know all these it's just a straight straight up mood like the whole thing yeah mood Exactly. It's it's more it's more like the, the the script I imagine had loads and loads of notes on it, kind of like this is how I want people to feel when they're watching it, instead of saying what's going to actually happen. Like I love that. And you've got Nicolas Cage screaming for like two minutes solid in one unbroken shot where he's in his pants, where he's in his underwear. It's it's remarkable. Mm. It's it's very very fun and occasionally it slips into just normal film where he goes oh my god i've escaped and my girlfriend's been murdered what am i gonna do i'll go visit my friend from nam and he'll help fix me up and go sort of like here's that crossbow i've been looking after for you <laughs> so it it keeps on hinting at some horrific past that this the film just goes, it doesn't matter where these characters come from it doesn't matter what was going on but occasionally it gives you these tidbits of like, oh yeah, he does have weapons hiding with a friend who he clearly went to Vietnam with. And like they keep on hinting at some deep trauma that happened before the film began. Mm-hmm. And Christ knows what's going on with this cult. But they're all sort of like off their face and sort of like trying to take over the world. Uh, it's it, it it's the silliest film I've seen in a long time. And I nice. couldn't have enjoyed it more. That's wonderful to hear, because 
I and, and we'll find out with through Pig too. Like I automatically assume these older or these newer Nick Cage films are the yeah. paycheck ones. But seemingly right. that is not the case. No, I think these are the films where he'd he'd paid off the debt and he could choose again because because neither of these films I think they did well, but neither of them are particularly uh, friendly to the box office. Mm-hmm. Like they're not. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're not like a great sort of summer blockbuster. Yeah, these block, are not the cash in film. No, because um, I I get the feeling with this one we're gonna instead of just doing half on Mandy and half on Pig, let's jump straight to Pig and then sure. we'll jump back and forth and back and forth because I I watched Pig as well, uh, magnificent, yes. magnificent. But tell me about it. Tell me about it. Yeah, so Pig is yeah, it's amazing, and it starts off with Nicolas Cage sort of in a quiet, pondering state where he lives in the woods. He's got the long hair, he's full grade, and he lives with the titular pig. And this pig is apparently like a truffle snout, they, uh, which is a kind of pig that can easily find truffles, which is like a really expensive, extravagant, like sort of uh, cooking ingredient uh, yeah. that people are really into these days. They put it in fucking everything. And, it tastes uh, awful, though, doesn't it? So he's just living his life in kind of this serene environment, and occasionally... Uh, this young kid comes and visits him uh, to, you know, buy the truffles off of him and uh, exchange supplies. And, it, you know, he's a young kid. He's just very disrespectful. And it's clear he's a city boy. Um, but in the middle of this serenity, he's like in, in the dead of night where you can barely even the audience can't really tell what's happening. Uh, someone comes and takes his pig and the entire yeah. film is this character trying to find his pig. And it may not seem like that's huge, um, but the film really takes its time exploring the character, Nick's character, exploring the relationships he have, the reason why he's out in the wilderness. And Mm. as we get closer to the source of where this pig is, we also get closer with the characters of um nicholas cage and the younger kid who is like uh essentially like driving him around town and 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 helping him find the pig and uh, we find out as we progress that nick's character is actually like a very well-known almost like this uh mythological like character yeah uh a, a chef of like extreme talent and skill um, mm-hmm. Which I actually found very, like, refreshing. Because my assumption was, like, oh, this is a Bob Odenkirk, this is a Keanu Reeves-type John Wick situation, where, and maybe even, like, kind of Mandy situation, where we find out, like, yeah. oh, this guy's in the woods and stuff because he's, like, some former um, soldier slash marine, you know, BS, and, you know, they took his pig. It was advertised that way, wasn't oh, it? Oh, really? Like, if you if you watch the trailer and things like that, it gives the impression that it's a pig-based John Wick. Like yes, the, yes, someone a takes pig-based pig based and John then he Wick. goes on a rampage thing. But it's but so no, not it's true. So much. Yeah, there's mm. basically no. It it does so. It it leans into this so much so that almost his first interaction, uh, rejoining society, is him entering what you think is like a a fist fight. 
but it's not. Yeah. It's just literally him getting punched, like get, and getting the shit kicked out of him, and that's it. Yeah, he just takes it. It's a weird sort of like underground chef-led bum fight, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like, Where it's like you you're getting paid to get punched a bunch, I guess. Yeah, it. And it's now, a weird film. It's brilliant. It's yeah. brilliant. Now that I think about it, I think the character doing the punching, he looked like he was part of the wait staff. So maybe yeah. it was like yeah. some sort of like system to like air grievances between like wait staff and like higher ups. Who knows? I'm making assumptions, but in my little headcanon, it's it sounds good. <laughs> um it, it yeah, it definitely seemed like some sort of like not quite fight club because like mm. you say it wasn't a fight it was just beating like Completely punching one-sided. someone and seeing seeing how yeah. long they can take it before they fall yeah but yeah it seemed like they were they were just getting a variety of homeless people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. uh punch and yeah these were just wait staff and restaurateurs and that just letting out frustration for some reason yeah. it was a, a, a weird but really really exciting scene i feel bad for finding it exciting but it but it was it, it was, was yeah. like morally bankrupt but marvelous um so through this fight scene uh or through the end of the fight scene we get a peek into the the younger kids i think his name is amir he talks mm. about how there was this chef and um that his mother and father went to see when he was a kid um, and they're, they're clearly the parents did not get along, uh, but they came back that one night from this guy's place and they were clearly very happy and it seemed like it was a very bright spot for their relationship. And yeah. you find out that's mostly because I, I assume the wife was suffering from some form of depression and she attempted to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then it's later revealed to him that the chef who did all this is the guy he's been dealing with this whole time, is Nick Nicholas Cage's character, and it's a big revelation. Uh, but not before we find out through some other scenes, which there was an interaction with like his former Nick Cage went to like a really big uh, to do restaurant, um, and the yes. the lead chef was like a former worker. Um, he just it's a destroys the man. Yeah, yeah, like just easily, and again without violence. Like, hey, what's this food? You didn't want to make this food. This scene is brilliant because <clears throat> Cage is like throughout the entire film. I you guys need to know is completely reserved, very solace, very stoic, and. He sits down at this table with uh, the young kid across from him, calls the wait- the guy over, and is like, hey, uh, this food, it's, is this why you really wanted to make? And this guy disintegrates in, like, seconds. Like, emotionally and mentally <laughs> disintegrates. Um, it, I, it was a scene that I enjoyed a lot because the actor across from him, that, that former sous chef, was fucking killing it that guy was he's really good i can't believe i've never seen that dude before but his acting very much impressed me and rightly so like um i think just i think these two these two films have got a lot of similarity between them because they're both essentially uh 
they're both voyage films they're both films where um a dramatic thing happens to change the equilibrium and then nick cage's character just goes on a journey to try and find solace to find peace and this whether it's uh yeah it's like two sides of the same coin where one Mm. is like ultra violent and the other one is like serene and emotional yes it it is i mean i haven't I think this was the first Nicolas Cage film we've seen so far that I openly wept at. Like, yeah, yeah. I th- it it was a it was a beautiful film. They find out that uh, the person who orchestrated the kidnapping of the pig was actually uh, Amir, the the young guy who's been taking him around. It was his father who took the pig, and uh, yeah, it's a big to do. Uh, he he feels betrayed. Nicholas Cage Cage character feels betrayed. Um, but eventually they make amends and they go out and get ingredients and cook the meal, the the meal that uh, the man and his wife shared together. Cook the meal again for him. And it's a very emotional tale like moment because the man originally is like just a, an asshole. Like he's just he he's also like built up to be like this like powerful character and in the scene where he eats the dish i mean he just bursts out crying and yeah you assume that it's mostly the um, the like emotional memory of the meal and what and the memory of his wife but i believe it's like also partly because as we find out the pig is dead uh the yes yeah the two people who kidnapped the pig mistreated the pig the pig died and in what is one of the most beautiful scenes, Nicolas Cage, again, this very stoic human being throughout the entire film, cries loudly. Like, it, the emotion on his face is projected, but there's no sound. You don't hear mm. him do it. It's just music. Oh, it's crushing. It is it's absolutely beautiful. crushing. Yeah. It, it is incredibly well-directed, enacted scene. One of the best scenes in a movie. Yeah. It, I openly weeped. It, it was amazing. It was such a marvelous film, was Pig, and because don't get me wrong, I I loved Mandy, and I think there's a there's a lot of emotion in in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's obfuscated by the tremendous sort of like joy at the sublime and the ridiculous and the silly. Yeah, like no, not once in Pig is there a scene where Nicolas Cage forges this sort of axe that could come straight from the like front cover of a heavy metal <laughs> album. And not once do you see him throw said axe across a field so it spins in the air and splits a possible demon biker's head open. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. Which is its own kind of beautiful, Mm -hmm. in a way. Absolutely. And both films, they enjoy you not being able to see clearly. Like, Pig's very dark for most of it. Like, literally, the, the... most of the scenes or at least a tremendous amount of the scenes are at night with low lighting and in mandy most of the scenes are at night with a red hue everywhere yeah (laughs) this is uh oh this is a tough call i feel like we're on two ends of a of, of a spectrum here and yeah both are at extremes like like pig is such a methodical slow build into a a really um, high 
extreme emotional high i do think pig is the better film i loved them both i I don't i hate choosing (laughs) yeah i i wish that these two films had come up against two other films so we could have both of them yeah they would they would have destroyed absolutely fucking wrecked those films like by far but these two put a they're their own struggle like we are, we are, are going through a Mandy Pig situation now. Because <laughs> they feel I, I think there's a world where, and we'll find the third one at some point, but where these could be part of a tr- of the same trilogy. Oh, yeah. Like Mandy Pig, and there'll be there will definitely be a third one because they tell such similar stories. Mm. They are like expanding the same idea. Mm-hmm. So I will lean towards Pig. If we have to choose, and we do, we do have to choose. We It'd do be have to choose to just go. F- yes, it would be lovely to go. Fuck it, let's push them both through. But we yeah. can't. We can't. We can't just on episode nine start <laughs> breaking the rules. Like later down the line, maybe we'll find a reason to justify doing something differently and go. Do you know what? Both these films are shits. Neither are going through. Yeah, maybe something like that will happen. Most but likely. I, Again, this is tough. I I really yeah. assumed that these films were going to be quite bad, and I was very impressed like incredibly impressed by the quality of the acting of the directing like it it was all very top notch and i I do have to say yeah i yeah i liked pig a lot like i adore the film these these are two films that i watched and after i'd finished watching them and making notes for this i bought them both (laughs) Because oh. it's like, well, I just, I just want to own these because they're, they're magnificent. They are really like, good, yeah. and they're showing Cajun in his two best ways. Like he does a great, silent, stoic, mm. thoughtful character who, you know, says very little mm. but acts the hell out of everything, just with gentle every movement. scene. Every and scene, he, he's a presence, even though he speaks yes. very little. Like he it's has so this gravitas that is insane. And it did have some great humor in it. Like I quite liked towards the end. It's almost like they raised it to dismiss it. But when <laughs> Keisha's character just goes, "I'm not fucking my pig." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good bit. I liked that bit a lot. I enjoyed the whole idea. Sort of like, no, the love is definitely an appropriate man for his pet. Love, like yeah. it is appropriate. And yes, the pig yeah. is a stand-in mm-hmm. for his uh, wife or partner or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, died. Early. Which, by the way, but, that that. So at the very end of the film, when he actually listens through the whole cassette, it's just, the mm. song is beautiful. It's, oh, it's God, a what a way song. to end that film. It was brilliant. With Mandy, this was the first time that I, um, last episode, we spoke about judging other podcasts and going through those. Mm. But I decided to actually listen to uh, your friend of mine, The Eternal Cauldron of Emotions. Nice. They did an episode all about Mandy, and it's like a two-hour long episode. They go through it in some do. And I would recommend to anyone listening, listen to us first. We're best. Yeah, finish this one. Listen to their thing about Mandy, because they go through it in... What some would argue is too much detail, but I would argue is just the right amount of detail because they they make that right their episodes just to judge another podcast briefly. They manage to talk about films for longer than the films are, which <laughs> which is brilliant. So like, that how can cool. you give a blow by blow account of what's happening in the movie that takes longer than the movie? I, yeah, Surely. when it's a film like Mandy, I could definitely see that. Yeah, because it because it's. It's magnificent. Mm. 
it's like it, it did take i timed it and it took 37 minutes um for the film to try and make coherent sense like it's it's the sort of film uh pig you will fall in love with it every second as you watch it mm. mandy when you watch it for a second time it is like you're watching a different film in a great way because the first time you watch it it's a wonderful experience and it's a mood and you're having an emotional reaction yeah. but you watch it on a surface level it's a very emotionally charged brilliantly performed beautifully stylistic uh murder revenge film if you watch it for a second time it's like oh no there's there's so much going on with this mm. movie there is so much story hinted at and apparently the director whose name escapes me because i did not jot it down he just does films like this like his first film was his version of a razor head essentially really that's so, cool yeah it was and i want more films like this i want more films which sort of go you're gonna fall in love with this but you're not entirely gonna be sure why mm. we are gonna get into your emotions and we're we're gonna ignore your um desire for story and whatever so like yeah. here's a story it's a basic thing whatever and you want some questions answered tough right you can fill in the blanks yourself i like that it feels yeah. like you're not being spoken down to because i enjoy being spoken you're down being to put on you're you're being locked in buckled up onto a ride yes you know, yeah. it's and just like a roller coaster. You get a little bit of explanation through the speaker system about what this bullshit <laughs> is about. And it's thinly <laughs> veiled by as a Batman or who fucking cares. But they're like, yeah, it's whatever gets you into the seat. Right. And Mandy just Mandy trusts you as a as a as, a, really as an audience member. It trusts you to go so like, well, we're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. But I'm going to say a lot of things to you in weird <laughs> ways. <laughs> And you're going to understand that no matter what you think of this movie, it's not misogynistic. Yeah. It's got a lot to say about misogyny, misogyny I think. Mm. But you've got a cult leader getting angry at Mandy, laughing at him, so he immediately does a hate wank at her. So, so there's, there's, not a, there's not a lack of really weird, yeah. aggressive scenes yeah. in it. But it doesn't see... It's... It seems really enjoyably gratuitous mm. as a movie. Like, it's definitely gratuitous, but in a really fun way. It doesn't seem exploitative. It seems like it's uh, writing a love letter to a lot of exploitative horror films, mm -hmm. uh, uh, exploitation films, but but it's, it's not one itself. It's just going, we fucking love these movies, and we want to do a grown-up version of that. It's like, what is it? Like, elevated horror is what people piss and moan about. Mm. Like, that seems to be what, what this is doing. Um, it's it, it's like going, you know, you know Spinal Tap? Imagine yeah. if that was a really thought-provoking horror film. <laughs> Let's do that. Oh, yeah. So true. But make it red as well. Make it all really, really red. But I think... I why, think like, why couldn't we get... This is an upsetting point in the in the bracket why couldn't we get these two like later down the road it's Ugh. it's so annoying yeah. it's so annoying i bet i bet next next time we'll have like uh two movies which are utter dog shit. yeah that so we just either like... of these two could have gone yeah both of them could easily have gone yeah yeah <laughs> but that's not how the experiment works no unfortunately. the bracket the brackets are the brackets and they were chosen by random but they are our gods now the cages the have to fight 
We adjusted the brackets once to move National Treasure 1 and 2 together. <laughs> just, the, just the one time, because it was America Day. I'm leaning to, to be honest, I'm leaning towards Pig. I'm leaning towards mm. Pig. I've said it a few times, I know, but what about what about you? Did you um did you watch Mandy? I I didn't get to watch all of it. I watched enough of it though. Cool. <laughs> it seems almost offensive to the film to go like, and I'll sum it up in a couple of sentences. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll I'll give you a rubbish interpretation. If you want to sum it up quickly, just go like, a couple are in love, a cult steal, kidnaps them, kills the girl, the guy goes on a rampage to kill them and then realises that he can never come back and he's mm. sad and drives off into the distance. <laughs> there you go, that's your summary. Yeah. But that does nothing to tell it's, you what's going on yeah, in this It's film. such a disservice, yeah. Yeah, Pig, there's so much that happens in Pig 2 that I did not oh touch my God. on. And it's so yeah, good. It is so, it, it is so good. And as well as like the journey looking for a pig, you've you've got the redemptive journey of Nick Cage mm. where he, he doesn't change his ways or anything like that, but he sort of opens up a little bit. Because like one of the yeah. last lines in the movie speaks to the kid. Um, who's the kid from uh, Hereditary, isn't it? Yes, yeah. But um, speaks to him and just goes like, well... See you on Thursday. So, yeah, see you Thursday. So it is yeah, just, just back which is such a warm like uh, after and Cage sort of takes the role of being this kid's dad essentially. Yeah, he's just it, he's like way, even though he's so stoic, he's like way more emotionally giving. So yes. sad. It's it's like it's a very like tragic movie, like in so many um, ways. But it it's it has I mean, a nice slight upward bend to it that is really enjoyable yeah and again it just makes me frustrated every time you see nick cage not do a good acting mm. job it gets me a little frustrated because it's like you're a really good actor mm. and you make you make some choices and sometimes those choices are really enjoyable and sometimes those choices are bizarre and maybe not for me but not bad but occasionally you phone it in and i get it i mm. get that sometimes you're in debt and you need the money but but every time he chooses to act, he does such a great job. Yeah, absolutely. And, he, he, and these are two great makes, examples of that, phenomenal. of his capabilities, really. Yeah, and they were like, because what, Mandy was 2018 and Pig was, what, was that like 2019? I think it was 2021. 21? Jesus, yeah, that recently. it was very recent, yeah. yeah. So, which, which fills me full of hope, like, mm -hmm. now that the debt's gone, is he like just on top of his game and is he just going yeah to apparently out of the park, like so. he's about to do a film with the a24 studio the studio oh, that shit, brought I've you never seen an a never seen an a24 film i haven't loved yeah exactly right and i can't wait to see what they do with nicholas cage because it's it, it's gonna destroy me like i already know it. it's gonna destroy me. yeah oh that's gonna be so cool Maybe it's going to be a grown-up, like, uh, metaphysical version of Bugsy Malone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. Oh. <laughs> I want to see Cage, like, wiping tears from his eyes whilst going, we could have been anything that we wanted to be. I didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Thank you for letting me know that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So now, any anyone listening to this who has the time, inclination, and ability, if you could 
like edit together a version of Bugsy Malone, which is all in Nick Cage's voice with his face on every <laughs> every child in it. Like that would be magnificent. <laughs> or terrifying. Or probably both. Probably both. Like magnificently terrifying. You'd never have a better time being scared than watching Nick Cage play every role in Bugsy Malone. <laughs> I wonder if we can get in touch with his people and just suggest this to him as an idea. Just a one-man show, which is just Nicolas Cage doing Bugsy Malone. I mean, we're going to be in his inner circle soon, so, you know. We can start, <laughs> well, we, can we start play pitching. our cards, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, we, we will definitely pitch all kinds of things. But um, are we agreed, then, that reluctant... We're not saying goodbye to Mandy. We're saying hello to Pig. Yes. Like, yes, that's the proper way to winning. Mandy hasn't lost. Mandy has reluctantly had to step to the sideline because we invented some arbitrary rules and by Christ we're going to stick to them. Yes, agreed. Okay, Pig, well done, mate. You have gone through to the next round. I I feel sorry for whoever is up against Pig because they're not going to last long, are they? I hope it's not uh, Conair because that'll be very tough for me. I'm looking forward to Connor, not because of the film, because it feels like I've I've, I've seen it so many times. <laughs> but there feels to be a lot of um, behind-the-scenes stories about Connor. Because I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned it briefly before, on, I think on the first episode, yeah. but everyone involved with that movie hated the whole process of it. So crazy. I, I need so, to hear more. I need to know more about that. Oh yeah, the Conair episode will be, and now let's turn to Conair, or about fifteen documentaries about Conair. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what this but evolves we'll, we'll into. See, we'll see who we can get hold of. We'll see whether we can get hold of anyone who was involved in the making of Conair. Though there's gonna be, there's gonna be like someone low down the pecking order that has a Twitter <laughs> contact. <laughs> There Excellent. Like, well, we won't be able to speak to like John Cusack or anything. Oh yeah, but he's not doing able... anything. He's just making hot tub movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I enjoy the hot tub movies. <laughs> they're, they're okay. <laughs> they, they do the job. They do the job. There's something to enjoy. I agree about that. <laughs> <laughs> There we go, everyone listening. Pig has gone through to the next round, and we say a very fond and heartfelt farewell to Mandy. Have you got anything going on, Tom? What do you want to tell the good people? Yeah, I'm still uh, streaming, unfortunately, for everyone who has devices. I'm on them and doing things still. (laughs) Uh, Twitch TV slash Thoughts and Flight. And I also have a Twitter. Please talk to me about Mandy. Please talk to me about Pig. I want to talk. I want everyone to talk to me about Pig, please. Like, I could not say enough about the film. So, uh, it's just Thoughts in Flight, F-L-I-T-E, because the character limits. Fuck those. And uh, if you guys have uh, the extra bandwidth, please listen to Greg's podcast, Better Bible. It is so fucking it's so well produced and it's really it's so funny. silly isn't it yeah it's, it's such very a silly, silly show i really enjoy it yeah listen better bible and if you're on instagram and let's face it you are 
join cage fight underscore podcast because at the moment it's just because right lunchbox this phenomenal artist if you see any art associated with this podcast lunchbox did it right mm. phenomenal phenomenal artist and basically the instagram is largely us posting the bits of art that lunchbox does for this show which very very kindly does it and all of the artwork is magnificent yeah so go get along with that i might start posting other things as well just Ooh. just like the shitty thing that people post on instagram like maybe a photo of like audacity with some sound files in it and go oh editing oh. the next episode oh, <laughs> oh. shit like that you know cheeky yeah very very cheeky very cheeky <laughs> But um, yeah, get involved and go gregoryakerman.org. That website will link you to uh, pretty much everything, everything that I do. But for now, it's it's a goodbye from me. And love your pigs while you got them. What do you say we cut the chit chat a hole? <laughs>